Welcome to our pilot episode of the Definitely Not Simple Life. I'm Angela of Axon Root Homestead, and I'm joined by my two amazing friends, Mandy of Wild Oak Farms and Renee of Mountain Woods Farm. We've got a lot to chat about today. I think we want everyone to know who we are and why we're doing this podcast. So maybe we'll just start with introductions. My name is Mandy. And I homestead with my fiance Casey, and we live in Missouri, about two hours from the Iowa border, um, so middle middle of the map. Um, we are doing this, this homesteading life, because I talk about it all the time. It's just in my bones. Didn't grow up this way. I didn't really know anybody who grew up this way, if we're being honest. I just knew that this is where it was supposed to be. So... Um, I bought this farm when I was, gosh, 26, and it has been a journey. Um, I am a registered veterinary nurse. Casey is a registered nurse, Um, so those those skills certainly come in handy, but not not a requirement by any means. Um, And I don't know, kind of like I was talking about with you all before we, we got started, it's just this is, this is, this is the light. Well, my name is Renee and just like Mandy and Angela, I'm a first generation female farmer. I live at what's called like the gateway to the Rocky Mountains. So we're in the foothills leading up to the Rocky Mountains. My farm is just about at 10,000 feet. So I'm pretty high up there. So moving here was a little difficult at first with breathing, but I feel like I could probably beat anybody at a race at lower altitude now because I'm like beast mode mountain. And uh, my husband and I here on the farm, we raise cattle and sheep and goats. I had pigs for a hot minute and that was definitely not my thing. Um, and I have various poultry and then everybody knows me for running livestock guardian dogs and they're truly my passion. And I provide meat and milk to local restaurants and also my mountain community, which I really love. And that really did help me kind of the push into farming is I knew that I wanted to know how my food was raised and how it was loved. And then when the time came that it went peacefully without any fear. And I'm happy to say that definitely I'm able to accomplish that goal here on the farm. And uh, just like Mandy, I am a registered veterinary nurse. And that certainly comes in handy here on the farm. I'm not one to panic when I see blood or, you know, a hoof hanging off or a horn hanging off. I know just to kind of like triage and stay cool, calm, and collected where I see a lot of other farmers or ranchers or homesteaders will will kind of panic at those things. For me, I'm like, all right, we got this. It's fine. I could suture animals. I can't sew anything else, but animals is fine. But yeah, I can't imagine doing anything else. Of course, farming at this altitude does come with its individual challenges with climate, terrain, our slope. And also I'm almost at the tree line, so I don't really have great pasture. So I do hay year round. So I'm a little bit different up here, but if anyone tells you that you can't do it, I say that you can, because if I can farm and grow things and keep animals alive up here, then anybody can do it. Heck yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know that you were a vet nurse as well. Yeah. 18 years. <laughs> for real? Yeah, for real. <laughs> I worked at a 36 doctor <laughs> referral and specialty hospital. <laughs> wow. 
Yep. Okay. Well, I guess I will go. Um, so I'm Angela of Axon Root Homestead, and I am in central New Jersey on a six acre farm. We moved into a homestead from 1775, but um, it's, it's sort of a privilege to get to live at a place so old because I feel like it's been entrusted through the hands of these farmers all of these years, and now it's my turn. So I really try to be a steward of the land here and try to do everything I can to leave it better than I found it. So we're a very um, eco-friendly farm and a very sustainable farm. We try to have as little waste as possible and do things without chemicals. And the other thing that makes me unique is that I don't eat meat. So I am not opposed to meat eating for other people. I don't have like a soapbox to get on about that. We have ducks for eggs. Um, we have hives for honey. We have a hobby vineyard here um, to make our own wine. We have two Clydesdale horses, three Hampshire sheep for wool and land clearing, um, geese as livestock guardians for the um for the ducks and then we have axu which is our livestock guardian dog so we have we have a little bit of everything we have a vegetable plot we have an orchard a big piece of what we do is giving back to the community as i know mandy does as well um we give away a lot of food for free to food pantries and we sell at our farm stand so i'm first generation never did this before and i say that i didn't know i was going to be a homesteader till the day that i started because i had a graphic design business for 10 years and then I had my firstborn and all of a sudden postpartum depression hit me and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I just didn't know that I didn't want to be behind a computer. And I really liked gardening and growing our own food. And so I told my husband I wanted to close my business and quit my job. He supported me and I started offsetting what was my paycheck with homegrown groceries. And then it just went from there. So it was a awesome. surprise. I think that's a lot of people, though, too, or that's um, a lot of people's idea. I mean, you don't know it until you try it, and it seems really daunting, but I think that maybe we can hopefully do a good job of sharing that it's not. I feel like, in a way, it's kind of in all of our bones, right? Because we are animals. Humans aren't above the life, like the food chain. There's some survival instinct in all of us when it comes to self-sufficiency, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mandy organized a Why We Homestead week (laughs) on Instagram and brought together, what is it, five, six of us? Six of us, yep. Yeah, people who are sort of first generation, starting from the ground up farmers and homesteaders. And the idea is to share why we're doing what we're doing and answer questions and give pointers to people who are looking to start. And so that's where Mandy and I started this conversation while we were waiting for Renee to come on. And now we're continuing talking about it, that essentially there's this, this idea, this notion that you have to have a ton of money in order to start a farm and keep animals. And it's not true. Gosh, it was interesting to um, listen or, or learn, I should say, about how many people are so concerned about the monetary aspect? How much money do I need to save? What what should my budget be? Um, and it's like, gosh. Yeah, right. And I think it really depends on where you live too. Like you guys have pasture. I don't have any pasture because I'm almost at the tree line. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but how much land do you have up there? 11. 
Okay, so that's still a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was just interesting that people think that, like, where's the money? I'm not rolling in the dough. Can you can somebody point me in that direction? Yeah, I mean, we're not either. We're a single income. Sean works. I I do farm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I do wonder where people got that notion. You know. I haven't like heard that anywhere else except for really on Instagram that people think that you have to be rich to be a farmer. I wonder if because horses tend to be expensive, but that tends to be more like dressage riders and people who are like hardcore equestrians that want all the show equipment. Right. Maybe. I think that people associate land with wealth is what it boils. That's the only thing that I can come up with. No, that's Which, true. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's how it used to be, right? I think it's just probably carried on. I guess. But isn't it weird that, like, at the same time, homesteading and farming and being self-sufficient was almost like, um, it's like an impoverished thing, like, in earlier centuries, right? Like, in order to survive, you had to have goats and cows for milk, and you had to have chickens or whatever for eggs, and grow your own food in order to actually live and now people think that you associate that with wealth which is weird that is interesting I never thought about that (laughs) right yeah I mean if you are I mean I don't want to say hardcore but if you broke it down if you really budgeted and broke it down you're probably saving money by doing all of these things um in the long run and maybe it's just people are starting out and they're not actually seeing those numbers um yet but it was it was very eye-opening to see how many people basically said how how rich do you have to be to do this it is what you want it to be right right? absolutely i mean you don't have to start huge i think that's a mistake a lot of like first time first generation like homesteaders and farmers make you know they buy the land and then they're so excited to add all the things, all the animals, and they don't pace themselves. And, you know, it's really sad because you see that people's passion starts to tarnish because you know what it's yeah. like. I mean, I think we've all been there where, you know, you do bite off more than you can chew and it's part of the learning experience. But, you know, it's very hard to see people go through that because I'm like, please don't do that. Like start small. Like I always say, like poultry <laughs> is the gateway to yeah. livestock, right? I think we yes. all started with poultry. And, yes. you know, so I always encourage people to do that. But, you know, it's exciting for people. And, you know, they, this is a dream that they have. And they see all of us with, like, more of, like, established farms and homesteads. They're like, I want to add cattle and goats and sheep. And then pretty soon, you know, they're in over their head. And it's not fun anymore. Right. Yeah. right. But Mandy made the point yesterday, too. Like, what she shows on her feed now, what people are seeing is five years in, right, Mandy? Is that what you said? Yeah. Five years. I was just thinking when Renee was talking. I wish that Instagram was this popular. Social media in general was this pop, or maybe I just wasn't on it. But five years ago, because I mean, it was not like this. Yeah. You know what I've noticed too is everybody, everybody, all three of us. Yeah. We have small farms. What what a lot of folks would consider to be on the smaller side, mm-hmm. and I think again. The notion is you have to farm or homestead on, you know, dozens of acres and you can do, I mean, proof, all three of us, that you can do so much with not a ton of acreage or land. Absolutely. It's true. And how you said, you know, it doesn't have to be daunting. I find it's only daunting if people make it daunting. (laughs) 
you know, kind of like sure. piggybacking what we were talking about before people just jump in and just start collecting animals and like getting greenhouses, you know, that's when it becomes daunting. But if you, there's like a true way to go about it, like how Angela started where she was like, well, I want to start supplementing by growing my own groceries. That's important to me. And like, that's a perfect way to start. And I know Mandy, you're equally as passionate about growing all the things. And it's the same way, you know, people can start <laughs> with that aspect of homesteading and farming and then start to add on to it. But yeah, it doesn't have to be daunting unless you make it daunting. Right. I agree. I mean, the farm that we're at now, it wasn't where I started. And we ended up moving because we wanted animals and the city was not okay with it. So we ended up leaving and getting land where we could have that. But I, in the beginning, I didn't know that I wanted that, right? So it was just about baby steps. Yeah, and I think it grows baby and morphs steps. too, yeah. right? I know like when I start out, yeah, like right. I talked about before, I'm like, I'm going to get pigs. This is going to be great. And I had them for like a hot second. I was like, definitely not. Definitely not for me. And I think that's <laughs> so important. And, you know, you don't have to keep all the things just to keep all the things. You have to really, I think all three of us talk about this all the time. It's so important to know what your goal is for your homestead yeah. or your farm, right? And stay true to that. And like, it's okay if you try something and it doesn't work. That's all right. It doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that you're like, you know, that's just not for me onward and upward. And I think people get really caught in the notion of being like, oh God, like I failed that. And now they start to spiral in this like downward, like poor me, or I can't believe I let this happen. I'm failing. And that's not failing. That's actually growing right. and like learning from that's learning. Say, that's a success. If you can figure out your goal. That's a success. It's definitely not right. a failure. Yeah. And people, I don't know about you guys, but I get messages all the time on Instagram or emails. People are hung up on this idea that they can't get started because they're afraid they're going to make a mistake or fail. And I just do not understand what, where the fear comes in, right? Because like Renee, you decided pigs weren't for mm -hmm. you. So then you just remedy the situation and you move right. on. And now you know pigs are Yes, and I won't get them right? again. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think right. society is why people think they're afraid Agreed. to fail. But I think everybody, again, I keep saying everybody, all three of us here mm -hmm. would agree that, hey, um, newsflash, you all are going to fail. It's part of it. It's right. just a way. It's just how it works. And right. you shouldn't be afraid to fail. I think that's something I always try to tell right. my followers is like, I, I know this sounds really silly and maybe cliche, but you shouldn't be afraid to fail. You should actually be excited to fail because it means that you gave it an effort. And heck, I fail right. all the time. <laughs> I do. And sometimes right. I look at myself, I'm like, really, Renee? Like, you know better. But, you know, failing does not mean that you're not succeeding. It actually helps you get to your greater goal and you learn from every single mistake that you make or every single decision that you make. And how we talked about before, what might work one day is not going to work the next. And you have to pivot and you have to understand that, you know, not everything appears as it seems on Instagram. <laughs> Absolutely true. Yeah. You learn and then you, if you're so fortunate um, or capable or want to share it with other people. Um, and that's the beauty of it all. And laugh at yourself. That's like a huge thing. If you are farming and homesteading and you don't have a sense of humor, oh man, it's going to be a real rough, long road for you. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to laugh at your animals. I mean, literally like I'll come in from doing chores and my farmer's husband will be like, how was that? I'm like, 
well, the cows are like only 95% bees today. You know, you just have to laugh. You know, <laughs> they're not going to act how you want them to. They're certainly not going to cooperate for a lot of things. They make really silly and sometimes rather stupid decisions. But, you know, you just, if you're that type of person that's a perfectionist and likes to be in control, farming and homesteading is going to be a rude awakening for you. But that's part of the beauty of it, it is. too, is you're like reconnecting then, right? Like you're part of a bigger whole instead of trying to control yes, it. It's such a life lesson, isn't it? To like let go. Yeah. But it never gets boring. That's never. for sure. It never gets yeah. old. I mean, there's routine. I mean, you're going out, you're doing the same chores every single day. But people say, don't you, don't you get bored? It's like, oh my God, no. Because all of a sudden, you know, the cat is knocking down the egg basket and I've got eggs fluttered all over the floor while Axlou is chasing the fox that's trying to come into the yard and the horses still need to be fed, right? There's constantly something mm-hmm. going on. And there's, I think there's a lot of beauty in that chaos because it's not bad chaos. It's chaos. just, yeah. It's just it your is. life. And what, yeah. I mean, it's different every day, but I also, on the flip side, I love waking up and knowing that I get to go do the same routine. It's mm-hmm. just some, it's peaceful and calming to me that I, you know, no matter what, no matter what else is going on in the world or in life, you have this one thing that, well, in all reality, they all re- rely on me to go out there and, um, and, and they being the plants or it the grows. animals. And so it's, yeah, yes, it's yeah. peaceful. Um, and I love it. But how cool is it? Like you talk about this a lot with your dogs, Mandy, like how cool is it that they rely on you, but you also rely on them? Yeah. That's, oh yeah. It's amazing. Oh, it's a, it, it is the best type of relationship to be in. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. So that's why we're podcasting, right? Because we're trying to give it, give a glimpse, a real life glimpse into what homesteading is. And it's not simple and it's not perfect. And unfortunately on Instagram, a lot of the time, the pictures that get the most likes tend to be the dreamy inspirational ones, but they're not necessarily the most, the most realistic ones. And, um, there's a lot of unanswered questions for people. I mean, squares can only tell you so much. So we're going to answer questions. Yeah. I mean, I hope that at the end of the day, this is just a a meeting place that, that we all can come to and discuss whatever's going on and um, just maybe shed light on some stuff and share and all grow and evolve together. For sure. And like a safe place where people could listen and relate and be like, oh gosh, yeah, I totally know what like Mandy and Angela and Renee are talking about. Like that happened to me the other day. I am not the only person that happens to, you know, sometimes just nice, especially like we talked yeah. about, you know, this year where it's pretty isolating for people to have that connection and like have that relationship and that bond and like look forward to listening to us talk because they can relate. And, you know, all of us yeah. have that and our relationships, you know, we all want to be able to relate to one each other, to each other. So certainly I think that will be a place where people can come and they can laugh and they can just be like, oh yeah, yep. That's farming. That's homesteading. Right. And, you know, I think we have between the three of us so much wealth and knowledge and, you know, we always want to help other people. So I think that kind of sets us aside from a lot of other others. So, and there's no stupid questions. I mean, I think, um, especially when you're starting out, I mean, I know I did when I first brought my horse home, I was like, 
what is the quote unquote correct way to muck a stall? I mean, I knew how I did it, but how was I supposed to be doing it, if you will? Right. Sure. And so there's just, yeah, there's no, there's no stupid questions. All right. So I think that concludes our first pilot episode here. Um, I want to thank my co-host Renee of Mountain Woods Farm and Mandy of Wild Oak Farms for joining me today. Um, For future episodes, what we'll be doing is posting question boxes. So if we have, for example, a topic on a show like chickens coming up, we'll post a question box on all of our Instagram feeds telling you that we're ready for your chicken questions and we'll try to answer them here on the podcast. Um, In the meantime, take a look at those Instagram accounts. You can find me, Angela, at Axe and Root Homestead, Renee at Mountain Woods Farm, and Mandy at Wild Oak Farms. Thank you so much for your support.